Welcome to Hope City Online. It's so good to see you today. and We hope you're going to be blessed by the message today. If you do enjoy our sermons, then why don't you press the subscribe button and the notification bell so you don't miss out on any one of our sermons. We upload them every single week. And if you want to give to us today, there is a link to donate in the description. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the message. Hey Hope City, Steve Macklin here from Bethel Church, Redding, California, Igniting Hope Ministries. So glad to be with you. So glad to be able to partner with who you are, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you, team there. I've got such great memories of, of being with you. And just that the Lord was just powerfully encountered me while I was with you and you're, you have a special spot in my heart. And so just to be able to take a few minutes and to share a few things I believe God's given me for you is a great honor. And I believe this time is going to be catalytic. I believe this time there's going to be a convergence of, of where you're at, where I'm at, and something supernatural is going to happen. We're living in an hour right now where uh, God's people are rising up. God's people, we are the answer. God's solution is always a person. And it's usually a person that doesn't think they can do what God thinks we can do. So today I'm going after a hope. You love hope. I love hope. So let's talk more about hope. It's an endless, it's an endless ocean to talk about hope. And I'm going to answer to the best of my ability three questions about hope. Why is hope so important? How do I get hope? And how do I give hope away? Number one, why is hope so important? Well, at the end of 1 Corinthians 13, it says three things remain, faith, hope, and love. And hope's one of the big three. And I didn't really understand hope for a long time. I just, I had a blessed hope. I had a hope of eternity. And that's so powerful when we're born again, that that hope is vital for our lives. And it's an anchor to us. But I didn't have hope for now. And one of my favorite definitions of hope is this. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present. I have the power to help make it so. Another definition of hope is hope is an overall optimistic attitude about the future based on the goodness and promises of God. Hope is an overall optimistic attitude about the future based on the goodness and promises of God. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. Let me say that again. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot remain the same. Hope's an unstoppable force. If something's going to change, somebody's, somebody has hope. God loves to partner with unreasonably optimistic people. Let me say that again. God loves to partner with unreasonably optimistic people. Can you imagine David going after Goliath today? 
Some might say, hey, David, before you attack Goliath, we're just looking on our phones here and we're reading what the experts are saying. The, the experts are saying you're being unreasonably optimistic. They're saying you shouldn't have such high beliefs. They're, the experts are saying you should just go back to the fields with the sheep and make it your goal just to pay your bills every month. Because <laughs> what the experts are saying is you're going to get killed. Hey, Ezekiel, before you prophesy to those dry bones, we just want to let you know what the experts are saying. The experts are saying you're being unreasonably optimistic. They're saying you must not know how dry the bones really are, or you wouldn't be so optimistic. They're suggesting you do a deeper study on the bones dryness so you'll become more realistic. Because they're saying when you actually speak to the bones, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's so powerful. God, you know, I love that story in Ezekiel 37. God shows Ezekiel a valley of very dry bones. Now, the Lord's not afraid of us seeing how dry things are, how dry nations are, how dry uh, economy is, how dry morality is, how dry families might be. So he showed it very dry. Then he asked him a question. He said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel, he gives the safest answer of all time. He says, oh, Lord God, you know. <laughs> but God doesn't even answer that. He says, Ezekiel, prophesy. Prophesy, tell the bones they're going to live. It's interesting that the Lord didn't say, Ezekiel, step aside, watch me prophesy. God has to partner with somebody who has hope to accomplish his will. And I believe our hope level determines our influence level. He who is the most hope has the most influence. Basically, the Lord was saying, hey, Ezekiel, what do you think? What do you think? Because what you think is going to determine what I can do. And I believe that, that a perspective of hope is one of the, the main signs of a prosperous soul for 3 John verse 2. And, and hope is so important. I, mean, I love faith, and, but I was a faith person without hope. And when you're a faith person without hope, it just gets weird. It's unhealthy. Let me share with you what I see as the difference between faith and hope. Faith is very specific, while hope is more general. Faith says God's going to do it that way. Hope says I don't know what God's going to do. Faith says the mountain of coronavirus is going to be removed and cast into the sea this week. Hope says even if that doesn't happen, we're going to thrive. Faith says I'm going to get married. I'm believing it. I've got promises. And, and hope says even if I don't get married, I'm going to thrive in life. Faith says, if I, I'm going to reach this prophetic destiny, this is the calling that's in my life. I'm going to get there. I'm going, to in, I'm going to do these things. I've heard the prophetic words. Hope says, even if that doesn't happen, I'm going to thrive in life. And so hope, hope people, why hope is so important? Because if we don't have hope, if we're a faith person without hope, we get devastated over 
what does not happen. And I'm all for believing for things in faith. I'm all for standing. And I know there's times to stand. But if we don't have hope, that's where the disappointment uh, of, of what we believe for. We all have things. We're all in a journey where what we believe for doesn't If we don't have hope, it devastates us. The disappointment. And then there's going to be the tendency will protect our heart. We'll protect our heart and we'll, we'll say, no, I don't want to get my hopes up. And by the way, hope is risky business. It's risky to get our hopes up. <laughs> Gideon in Judges 6, the angel says, hey, you're a mighty man of valor. The Lord's with you. God says, go, you can do this. And basically Gideon said, uh-uh, I'm not, mm-mm. I'm going to protect myself because if I, get, if I get my hopes up, I risk being disappointed again. But he overcame. There's two ways to live. You can have a hopeless life and never be disappointed or a hope-filled life with occasional disappointment. So hope's so powerful. Hope is the safety net for when what we believe for in faith does not happen. Faith people without hope have limited options. But hope people have a lot of options. Just say out loud, I have a lot of options. <laughs> you do. Those who believe they have a lot of options have a lot of options. And so this, this, this hope piece is that it's a sign of emotional health. It's, it's going to be, I believe, after love, hope is the most powerful leadership, influential quality there is because it's very difficult to influence that which you don't have hope for, whether it's yourself, a family member, a nation, someone that you're sitting in front of you, you're counseling, someone on the prayer line you're praying for, people you're speaking to, if you don't have hope for them, it's very difficult to influence. So why is hope so, it's, it's absolutely key. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to determine how much influence you are and really how healthy your faith is. That's number one. By the way, even right now as I'm speaking, right now as you're listening, I'm, I'm seeing the Lord actually supernaturally just bringing breakthrough to people. I'm seeing people, I'm seeing pessimism just getting broken off people. I'm seeing victim mindsets getting broken off people. I'm seeing unworthiness getting broken off people. And I'm seeing healthy relationships. God's given you a key and hope for people is one of the keys. Hey, number two, how do I get hope? <laughs> Got hope? Or how do we increase hope? Well, that's a great question. I remember a while back, I was battling for hope in an area. We, we all seem to have at least one area of our life that's screaming at us, this is really hopeless. <laughs> we'll have at least one. And, you know, just remember basically talking to the Lord saying, God, aren't there some situations that really are hopeless? And, and Wendy and I, we heard this, Stephen, Wendy, I'll give you permission to be hopeless about anything that I'm hopeless about. Never once have we asked him, God, are you hopeless about this? Never once have I heard, yes, yes, I am. There's no solution. <laughs> We're stumped even in heaven. But I was battling for hope and I, I, in an area 
It's learning a family situation. I go to Wendy, just trying to do this stuff. Can't seem to get on top of it. Ask her, talk to her about it. She asked me this question. What do you need to believe to have hope in that area? What do you need to believe to have hope in that area of your life? And that's the power question. Because how do you get hope? You get hope by believing truth. It says in Romans 15, 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. Now, I love it's now. It's not tomorrow. It's not when this issue's over. It's not when everything in your life circumstantially changes. It's now. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Hope, anytime you find True hope, you're going to get all joy and peace. They, they work together. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you boil that verse down to its essence, it's this. Now, may the God of hope fill you in believing. So the moment we believe truth is the moment we get filled by the God of hope. We start believing truth. We start getting filled. Increasing hope is the evidence. We're renewing our mind with truth, not lies. I keep believing truth, and then it gets to my eyes. Woo. Well, I'm actually seeing the same things differently. Hey, I'm seeing me differently. I, I think God can use me. I'm, I'm actually starting to like me. <laughs> seeing the people in my life, I believe God can even use them. Seeing my family members differently. Seeing my circumstances differently, seeing my nation differently. And hope's not, you know, I love John 8 32. It says the truth will make you free. Now, when, the, when we believe truth, we first get free emotionally and then we get free circumstantially. Lies restrict. Lies restrict our emotions, bring negative emotions. Yeah, and, and, and bring restriction in our circumstances. The only power the devil has is, is the lie. And, and so I believe truth, I get free, that freedom's manifest. Now may the God of hope fill you with, with all joy and peace. So my freedom begins to manifest in hope, all joy, and peace on the inside of me. And there's no condemnation if we don't have that. But if we don't know what our problem is, we have a real problem. <laughs> and, and so it's really, it's about the lies we believe. You know, I'm first learning this and I'm reading a quote by Francis Frangipan and, and where he said, every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie and that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. Every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie and that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. I read that in the early 90s when I'm starting to get hope in my life. I had love, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, these faith, hope, and love. I focused on love, focused on faith, but now the Lord said, I want you to focus on hope. And he said, and what that quote supports, Romans 15, 13, that I shared with you. And he said, any air doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie. And so I'm listening to that. I'm reading that. Close the book. Um, I become instantly discouraged. 
So I'm trying to find one area where God hope, but I can't find one. I really had nothing in my life at that time that was saying that I was a success. I had a non-successful car. I had a non-successful salary. My church size was not successful. My home was not successful. My hair was starting to get non-successful. <laughs> it was in that season, the Lord says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you successful on the inside when you don't look successful on the outside. That's really the pathway to leadership and influence is God makes us successful on the inside when we don't look successful on the outside. We thrive no matter what happens. That's where the Lord's leading you. That's what he's doing in your life. And, and so I was discouraged when I, I heard about glistening hope and that if I didn't have it, that was I was believing a lie and that was a stronghold. So I prayed a dumb prayer. Oh God, show me every lie that I'm believing. <laughs> Should have prayed, Lord, show me 10% of the lies I'm believing. Because I got the revelation, almost everything I believed in my life was a lie. I was pastoring a church. I had mainly good doctrine, but I had bad beliefs. I mean, I had mainly good. I say, well, Jesus is God. The Bible is the final authority in every area of life. Salvation is by grace through faith. But I had bad beliefs about God, me, others, and circumstances. And by the way, the theological thing, I mean, if you have bad theology, it's hard to have good beliefs. And so that's why the grace message, the finished work of the cross message, that's why I, I, we need to be more forgiveness conscious than sin conscious. We need to be more belief focused than conduct focused. I mean, those are some basic things that that had to change once I started going after hope because I began to really realize that some of uh, I had some traditions of men and works of the law and old Old Testament mindsets that were creating my lack of hope. But you go after you after beliefs, and I, so we're we're learning this that our hope levels the indicator of whether we're believing lies or truth. Got a lot of hope, believing a lot of truth. Don't have much hope, believing a lot of lies. And again, there's no condemnation if we're believing lies because everybody's believing lies at some level. I'm just believing less than I used to. And a lack of hope is like the check engine light on a car. I don't get condemned when it comes on, but it's great information. So how do I get more hope? One of the main ways we get more hope is believing truth instead of lies. And when we get that in our mouth, you know, when we start, start speaking the promises, it says in Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Now, I'm not into positive thinking. I'm into biblical optimism. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. That's a lot of hope talk. Man, that, I mean, that's just, I don't know how God's going to do it, but he's going to do it. I don't know what God's going to do in our nations. He's going to do it. I don't know what God's going to do in America right now, but he's got a good plan, and we're going to know what to do, and we're going to be part of the solution. Keep talking hope. But the reason I do, because he who promised is faithful. My future is as bright as the promises of God. 
My future is as bright as the promises of God. It's, it's, it's having a hope filled. So I know that when I start believing truth and my hope level is rising and it keeps rising. And uh, I know that uh, if I don't have hope in a particular area, that my hopelessness about that problem is a bigger problem than the problem. My hopelessness about an area of weakness in my life is a bigger problem than that area of weakness. Because if I try to change that area without changing the beliefs that are causing that lack of hope, I'm probably not going to see long-lasting transformation. Whew. How do I get more? Wow. Just feed on, feed on the word. Feed on promises. Feed on testimonies. Feed on hope-filled speakers. Listen. Listen to grace-filled speakers who are constantly focusing us on Jesus and what Jesus has done and focus on, on the performance of Jesus rather than our performance. You can get hope. Hope's going to rise. You know, it's a, it's a powerful thing when you notice an area that, where you don't have hope. Your hopelessness about your finances is a bigger problem than anything going on in your finances. If you don't have hope, then you say, what's the lie that's creating this lack of hope? My hopelessness about my nation is a bigger problem than anything going on in my nation. What's the lie? And then what's the truth that's the opposite of that that's going to make me free? So those are the first two questions. Number one, why is hope so important? Number two, how do I get hope or how do I get more hope? And number three, how do I give hope away? First of all, we got to be convinced giving hope away. I mean, you know, Jesus, Jesus got people's hopes up. Jesus got people's hopes up. In Luke 4, he quoted Isaiah 61. He basically said five things. I want to mention three of the things that he pulled out of Isaiah 61. He said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because number one, he has anointed me to, to preach good news to the poor. You know, he, he said, hey, poor people, you're poor emotionally, poor relationally, poor in your family, poor financially, poor in, in habits. I got good news for you. What good news is you don't have to be poor anymore. Number two, what he said is to proclaim freedom to the captives. A captive, you're free. People with addictive behaviors, you're free. People captive to sickness, you're free. People captive to family dysfunction, you're free. And you know, it's the proclamation of freedom. First, we've got to be convinced. If we're going to give hope away, how do we give it away? We've got to be convinced it's important to give away. I, I, want to be, I don't want to be a cliche person and just, you know, be speaking platitudes and not connecting with the heart of people. And, you know, that's just weird. <laughs> but I want to be a hope person. You guys are a hope church. And then lastly, the fifth thing he said is to proclaim this is the year of the favor of the Lord. Hey, everybody, this is the year of the favor of the Lord. This is your year of Jubilee. It's going to be your best year yet. Now, it's risky again to get, get our hopes up. 
But here's the thing. Jesus, in quoting Isaiah, a lot of what his ministry was about was to get people's hopes up, get the poor, the captive, and, and to get people to actually believe this is the year. We don't have to wait. We're not waiting for things to get better. This is the year of the favor of the Lord within our lives. We, we, we get convinced. Because, you know, even the whole thing, once we begin to understand that, that our influence level, our hope level determines our influence level, and we begin to understand that if people don't have hope, they're believing lies, then, then we become convinced. We focus more on people's beliefs than, than behaviors. I wrote a book called The Culture of Empowerment, How to Champion People. It takes uh, Bill Johnson, senior leader here at Bethel Church, his quote, my goal is not to build a big church, but to build big people. And once we actually understand that how we see people, how, what we believe in people, is one of the most crucial, important things that we'll ever do. And to have high-level beliefs, to keep our beliefs on for people, then... then then we're, we're going to release hope because we'll have hope. Yeah, I remember when I was pastoring in Nevada, I was complaining to the Lord about my people, saying, God, if I had better people, I could really do something. He said, Steve, you know what your people's biggest problem is? I said, no, Lord, what's my people's biggest problem? He said, Steve, it's you. They've got enough problems in their life, let alone having a leader who doesn't believe in them, who doesn't have hope for them. And once you start getting hope for people, once you start valuing that what they believe is more important than what they do, because in making disciples, making disciples isn't, isn't causing people to act like Jesus, it's causing people to believe and think like Jesus. Once we get convinced of that, we'll speak more identity statements, especially concerning behavioral issues, we'll, and, you know, in our families, in our ministries, in our relationships, and that's why prophecy is so important. We'll prophesy an identity because we'll see people according to their potential rather than according to their past. And so the heart of how to give hope away is that we actually have to have beliefs about people that are in agreement with what God's beliefs are about them. We don't deny the past. We just don't get our beliefs about the past concerning people. And certainly just because I believe in people doesn't mean that people have equal access under me or equal opportunity with me or, or relationships, but I, I will believe. It says in Isaiah 35, verse four, it says, say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, fear not. And it goes on to say, your God will come. He'll come to save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened then the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. And, and the supernatural happens once, once we actually understand that, that hope is so powerful and we start getting hopes for, hope for people and we understand the power of encouragement. Then how do we give hope away? We become the biggest encourager that we know. One of my goals is to be the biggest encourager in every environment that I'm in. Say to those who are fearful. First, I say it to myself. Be strong, Steve. Don't fear. But then I start encouraging others. 
You know, it says in Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. And one of the things that the key question to consider someone is ask yourself the question, what do I like about them? What do I like? I used to only like people who are just like me. I like the me I see in you, but everybody else is scary. <laughs> God's expanding your ability to connect and relate and influence and receive from different kinds of people. What do I like about them? Man, tell them what you like about them. Well, I say if I tell them what I like about them, they might think they're okay and stop working on their stuff. Ha ha. No, that's, it's powerful. How do you give hope away? You become an encourager. You actually see people. You actually see behind. Because fathers and mothers see people. Elder brothers, all they see is what is the problem. Oh, they see the negative. That's all they focus on is the negative. We don't deny the negative as a father or mother, but we see beyond it. Because usually everybody's negative quality is usually an immature aspect of a positive quality in their life. Then you go on to verse 25 of Hebrews 10. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together to the manner of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. One of the main reasons that we come together and, you know, we, we've been hindered in coming together, but we've been able to come together through online things. And I've heard testimony after testimony of churches where relationships have actually gone deeper in this season. And, but one of the main reasons we come together is to be is to encourage one another. Certainly we come for other purposes, but that is one of the main reasons we come together. There's no such thing as a strong, silent type Christian. Because I know, you know why? Discouragement is when our courage has run out before the battle's over. Discouragement is when our courage has run out before the battle's over. And so as a hope carrier, as a hope igniter, which I am and which you are, you're a hope igniter. We value the, the ministry of encouragement. It's one of the most important ministries in the body of Christ. And it says, when we gather together, we, we encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. We're to go out in a blaze of encouragement. Every year we're to encourage more. But that requires us to have a, a perspective of hope. That requires us to have hope for people. When we were in Nevada, there's a gold mine there in this in the town we were pastoring in, and they moved hundreds of tons of dirt a day, but nobody talked about dirt. They just talked about gold. And people won't mind you moving their dirt as long as they know you're looking for gold in them. And so having hope for people, having hope for our spouse, having hope for our, our children, having hope for our parents, having hope for our leadership, having hope for the people that we're leading, having hope for our nation, then that creates the influence. That creates, because once we lose hope for people, you know, again, I've done a lot of counseling. I've met with people. I, I've worked with in some sticky situations in church. You know, the Lord says, Steve, I don't even want you to go in there with Unless you get hope, you got you got. If you don't have hope, go back into the prayer closet, get rid of the lies that are creating that lack of hope, and then come back, and then become part of the solution. How do we give it away? We value. Uh, we we understand that it's valuable to give away. 
We understand it's one of our greatest assignments. It created releases the supernatural. And it, once we become convinced that then as we encourage people, we're going to find you, you start believing in people. You start believing people want to do the right thing. You give them the benefit of the doubt. Your language because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If I don't get right beliefs about people, it doesn't matter how much I'll try to pretend. If I've got an elder brother mindset, if I've got bitterness and, and, and cynicism in me and wounds and hurts that are, are, are self-protection mode, it doesn't matter how much I try to fake it, my, the words I'm going to have will not be empowering. How do I give it away? Start by being the biggest encourager you know. People say, how do I learn to prophesy? Be the biggest encourager you know and ask Holy Spirit to take over. And you're going to give hope for people. Your people are going to want to be around you. They're going to say, wow, because people like being around hope-filled people. Nobody really wants, wants their pastor or their leaders, nobody wants to follow hopeless leaders. <laughs> yeah, I want what you have. You believe nothing's going to happen and you believe things are going to get worse. Yes, I want to, I want to hook onto that thing. So today, wow, so powerful, so glad to be with you. Man, just, I am fired up. You know, speaking about this topic of hope, Hope City Church, you guys there in Melbourne, you have an assignment. And, and I, I see this, that there's people watching right now, and I said it in the beginning, but I'll say it right now. Something's getting on you, something powerful. There's an impartation that's happening through this session right now. You're, you're getting a revelation on why hope's so important. You're getting a revelation of how to get more hope by believing truth. And you're getting a revelation that one of your greatest assignments, as it was with Jesus, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord's upon me, he basically could have said and looked for it so I can give hope away. And it's getting on you. You're like Jesus. So I bless you today. I bless you. And, you know, just a couple things that I'm hearing. I'm hearing that God's going to show people five things out of Romans 8 that's going to launch you and anchor you in this season. Somebody's going to understand why the psalmist could say in, in Psalm 1, and everything you do will prosper. Everything he does will prosper. Someone's going to go to the headwaters of that. Someone's going to find out like never before why when the Ark of the Covenant got, got parked in Obed-Edom's yard in 2 Samuel 6, why he was blessed, what that blessing was, and why that in the new covenant we're going to experience greater than Obed-Edom experienced. Somebody's getting the revelation on the power of blessing, and the power of generational blessings. And I'm hearing this. Somebody needs to hear these words. You're going to be okay. You're going to be more than okay, but you're going to be okay. And one word I've released in many different settings, but I want to release it again. Actually, two more that I release often, but I'm, is number one is this. One idea for you is going to change everything. And the other is provisions coming to you from a source you do not expect. Hey, again, thank you so much. If you want to connect more with what I'm doing, Steve Backlund, you can go to ignitinghope.com. I do a podcast blog every week. We have online, we have declarations, we have online activities, courses. We're starting a five-month re mind renewal course in September. 
Our goal is to certify belief trainers. My vision is that belief training will become more popular than physical fitness training. Nobody wants flabby beliefs. And so we're systematically taking this message of hope, victorious mindsets, the five steps of, of radical mind renewal, taking a month on each of those steps. And so if that's something that interests you or you just want to know what we're doing, sign up for our newsletter. And we would love to stay in contact with you. Thanks again, everybody. I look forward, I hope, I can come back and see you in person sometime. God bless. Thank you for watching Hope City Online. We really hope you were blessed by the message today. And if God's spoken to you, why don't you leave us a comment? We would love to hear from you. If you do enjoy our messages, you can press the subscribe button and the notification bell so you don't miss any one of our sermons. And if you want to give to us today, the link is in the description. Otherwise, we'll see you next time.